well. Much more optimism in the markets this morning. Evergrande has bought themselves more time and will pay out investors today. Oil rises as inventories fall in the United States. The Fed has met and they were a little more hawkish, but they haven't committed to a start date for tapering just yet. But there's a lot of talk about earlier rate rises as well. The Bank of England meets today. The Norges Bank looks set to beat the Kiwis to a rate rise. And the RBA worried about housing debt. So what are they going to do about it? It's Thursday, the 23rd of September, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, stocks are up. Most of the rise is uh, happening before the Fed this morning. The S&P up 0.9%, NASDAQ up 1.3%, the Dow up 1.4%. Uh, they've been rising as the day's gone on. Strong in Europe as well, a 1.3% rise in the US stocks 50 and 1.5% for the FTSE 100. Small movements in bonds, 10-year treasuries down one basis point. It is a similar story to that for much of uh, Europe as well. A slight fall in the US dollar. Most of that later in, in the trade after the Fed. It's back up 0.5% though on the Japanese yen. Again, the Aussie dollar has gained almost 0.3%, back over 72.5 US cents. The euro has lost 0.2%, same deal with the pound. And commodities are on the rise. WTI and Brent crude both up 2.5%. David DeGaris said to watch that yesterday. And here we are. Uh, so look, Dave, uh, he's back with us this morning. Uh, Dave DeGaris from NAV in London. Um, let's kick off. We'll, we'll talk about oil, obviously, but uh, there's clearly less concern about Evergrande, the flight from the yen back to the US dollar says it all this morning doesn't it pretty much i think phil um you know we had that um news suggesting that evergrande wasn't going to default at least on its rmb coupon payment or that that was the the news reports and i think the market's Mm. taken that to heart so as you said there you know um stocks are well and truly in the green and the black uh leading up to the fomc statement um just after lunchtime in in uh, in u.s time um, and um, that's really been the theme, and that sort of supported um, the commodity price story as well. You know, yeah. for example, iron ore popped back up around the 110 mark, um, and uh, you know, stocks are up pretty smartly today. So, yeah, different at- different atmosphere for the market than than was the case 48 hours ago. No, nothing like uh, the central bank chucking in a lot of uh, extra liquidity to, to keep that the market That doesn't happy. do it either, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right, now the Fed this morning, let's talk about that then. We'll come back to oil in a second, but uh, the Fed, mm. of course, has just just happened. The press conference with Jerome Powell finished not that long ago, uh, yeah. and the message uh, tapering may soon be warranted, to use uh, yes. their parlance. Uh, yes. They're expecting it to finish the middle of next year, so they're going to have to get a bend on, aren't they? Yes. So I think that that's, that's the key, you know, a couple of the key messages out of the Fed there, as you said, Phil. So a pretty clear indication that unless something really goes awry, you know, with the next payrolls mm. um, and um, that they're set to announce, I think, tapering at the November FOMC. Um, and, of course, that would mean starting very soon thereafter, say, December and finishing uh uh, finishing purchasing uh, government bonds and uh, agency mortgage-backed securities, what did he say, around the middle of next year. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, if they do that over six months, for example, you know, that would be, what, 20, 20 billion a month would get them to uh, no more purchase around purchases around the middle of next year. Of course, the read-through from that, I guess, among questioners' minds at the FOMC and maybe the markets is, does that mean they're making room for a rate rise thereafter. Now, mm. obviously, it's clear that they don't want to be raising rates while they're still buying government bonds because they're, op- they're op- operating at cross-purposes there. 
but also, you know, Powell's pretty pains to, to take out. It's a much tougher test as far as rate liftoffs are concerned, you know, talking about maximum employment and what they're seeking to do there. But or, um, there's only one person that um, sees rates not increasing by 2023. So yeah. we can wonder who that person might be. It could be Powell, could be Kashkari, someone like that. But they were but, very split um, on they were, so yeah the agreement more or less on 2023 quite yeah, split yeah. on 2022 as well though which seems, yes. seems rather optimistic and of course now we've got 2024 as well so they're expecting by the end of 2024 uh, a funds rate of 1 1.8%. Yes so getting closer to that uh, medium term 2.5% median uh, longer run rate so mm. Not that far from it. Still on the expansionary side of, of the um, the longer run rate, um, but uh, not that far from it. So it's it's a positive outlook. It's um, you know they, the, the 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 dot plots have been brought forward a little bit, but there was speculation uh, that you know the, the majority might be in favour of a 2022 hike, but a split right down the middle, yeah. and um, we can only guess, you know, where the votes on the FMC might lie for 2022. But even the tapering, you know, coming in at the end of this year is dependent, as you say, on getting good good jobs data. And one of the questions that was asked during the, the press conference was, uh, was someone saying, hey, look, you know, the real-time data is suggesting the bounce back might not be so great. You know, the hope was that, you know, when when people return back to school, people would return back to work and more people vaccinated. And then we've got the extra unemployment benefit being removed. Uh, but, you know, it seems like uh, there's concerns at schools, you know, p- people might not be so keen to get back to uh, to work after they go back to school because there's concerns about uh, kids being pulled out of school because the uh, the Delta strain is is spreading so much. So a taping is not certain, is it? Because, it's you know, not, it's not certain, Phil, but he was pretty clear on a few occasions somebody you know there was asking me well what sort of jobs number would you need to see in the next um payrolls report you know to get you over the line for tapering and he said something like doesn't need to be a knockout report but just a good report Mm. which means that (laughs) you're setting a lowish bar to what? start tapering, I think. I mean, the 500,000, 800,000. 800,000 is, mm. maybe that's not knockout. I'd say, if, obviously, if it's a negative number, that, yeah. that would probably set them back at least a month. Yeah. If it's, th- you know, 300 to 600,000 or thereabouts, it's probably enough to get them over the line. Yeah. But, um, mm. you know, no. uh, you know, they'll be watching, you know, that. They've got this issue of, you know, is the job market tight? Obviously, it is if you look at job openings, but there's still a lot of people who are out of employment. So you've got this strange situation. So the key is we don't need to be buying um, uh, government uh, treasuries and uh, mortgage-backed securities now, but, um, you know, we need to get to give the, 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 the economy time to yeah. heal so that you get those people back into the workforce rather than, Hitting the brakes and uh, and slowing the economy down before that process can can take hold. But the other issue is, which Jerome Powell is very aware of, is the low paid, the disadvantaged mm. groups, the people working in service Oops. industries, who are the ones who've yes. been hurt the most, and uh, yes. they're the ones that are going to be the, the hardest jobs to get back. So Indeed. you could imagine that, that that recovery is going to be slower yes. and potentially yes. could actually take a backward step with with uh, more. Yes, outbreaks. yes, indeed. In uh, in the most affected areas, like you know, hospitality and tourism and so forth. So. 
yeah. that comes back to the inclusivity of the uh, the maximum employment goal. Yeah. But, yep. um, yeah, which yeah, you can't absolutely. forget because he's, you know, said that's what they're going after. Indeed. Now, Indeed. Look, uh, you talked about oil prices. You, it's as though you knew uh, a, a big jump in, <laughs> in prices. We had that big fall in inventories. We were all up last night waiting for those yes. numbers because you told us to. Uh, inventories fell 3.5 million. Three and a half million barrels last week they fell. Uh, they're now 8% below the five-year average for this time of the year. If we look at uh, distillate fuel inventories, they're 14% yes. below the five-year average. So, yes. in short, stocks are very low. And, you know, we're expecting demand to pick up. No wonder prices are all over the place at the moment. Indeed, indeed. And it plays very much into the, the gas story that we're hearing on both sides of the Atlantic. Yeah, too. Exactly. And, of course, what we spoke about yesterday with the... Um, opening of the US into more inbound tourism and, and the demand side as well. So that plus the, the Evergrande, Evergrande um, you know, risk on uh, type of environment is only sort of propelled. So the market was was priced for a big drawdown in inventories. It was a bit more of a drawdown than expected and the market held those prices. In fact, it's probably gone on a little bit further since then. So, so the cost of filling your car in the United States now, it's $3.14 per gallon, uh, which is a dollar more than a year ago. So this is this has got to be inflationary, hasn't it? We keep on seeing this happening. Or is it or, or is it short term? Because, of course, behind all of this, we've had all the extreme weather that we've been having in the United States. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, but what, what is the short term? And you just look at the forecast for inflation that the Fed's produced, Phil, and uh, mm. they've not only upped their forecast for this year, which the market absolutely expected just based on what we've already seen so far, but also, um, you know, shaded the numbers up for the next year as well. What was it by a quarter of a percent and by 0.1 the year after? So they're still expecting things to adjust, but just not as early as I guess they had hoped previously and they'll be watching and will continue to watch inflationary expectations and that is going to be important not just market implied inflationary expectations but um, hmm. what for what forecasters are saying what consumers are saying uh, and if they see things getting out of hand then then they, that would put them in a situation to act and he was he was asked what happens you know if you get this conflict, between their price stability objective and maximum employment. And there's no easy answer to that, is there? No. So um, if, if that's a situation, they, in fact, he admitted they have that situation now, that's, that they've met the price stability uh, objective now, but they haven't met the maximum employment. But they're not beyond price stability, but it could be a concern. But I think that's going to be a 2022 issue that the market will be thinking about closely. Now, there was a survey in the UK, a YouGov survey, uh, for a Citigroup poll uh, through YouGov, uh, that asked people about their inflation expectations. This is a running survey. People are saying that in the UK they expect it to reach 4.1% over the next 12 months, mm. which is mm. up from the same survey last month, 3.1%. It's gone up 1% in one month, and I guess that is because of the fuel concerns they've got there. Yeah, yeah, but I wonder yeah. whether, you know, with the Bank of England must be looking at st stuff like that as well. Nobody's <laughs> expecting them to, to vote on changing rates or changing QE for now, but they must be looking at these numbers and thinking, what do we do about that? Well, I think that's something that the Bank of England Monetary Policy Committee will be discussing closely mm. tomorrow morning, um, tomorrow night rather, um, you know, when they get get to, des to decide whether to change rates or whether to change their asset purchase program. And I think, you know, several members on the committee, and there's two new committee members this time, Phil, 
so so there's that to consider, and I think they're closer to the the view that they that the conditions are almost there, yeah. you know, for for a rate rise, but. Um, you still have the, the furlough scheme, which hasn't been finished, and you still have the uncertainty beyond that. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, that we're waiting a while again. a while longer yet. Sally, so there's but, known um, unknowns again, isn't it? <laughs> all of that, <laughs> indeed. So indeed. That, that is tonight, Australian time, of course. The uh, Today, before that, we get to, it's a day of PMIs, isn't it? Flash numbers for manufacturing and services for Europe, for France and Germany yes. separately, for the UK, for the US. They were all over 50 last time, so the recovery is on. The question is, obviously, just the speed of it, and no one is going to be very surprised if these numbers fall back a little bit because of all the surprise supply problems we've been seeing everywhere particularly in manufacturing i mean that's been the story in in what we've seen this week phil with the downward revisions to german growth and we saw uh, an example of that again today with the the ifo revising their forecast down for germany yeah this year so so that wouldn't surprise people in uh, in manufacturing but i think they'll be looking closely uh, given the, the the Fed focus now uh, on what the the market measures suggest for employment in the US and whether the, the, they are seeing any sort of pickup or any sort of marked deterioration there, the market's going to be very sensitive to these numbers. And we've got what the ISM numbers at the end of next week, mm. so those ones are going to be particularly important. But of course, for the European story, the European growth story super important too so that's that's been quite positive to now particularly in the heavily service oriented economies you know um spain and italy particularly and france as well now uh the rba now worried about house prices well more specifically they're worried about the the rising household debt uh because of house prices is this really new news i mean it's been bubbling along and they've been saying well we don't want to put interest rates up because we think that's going to slow the recovery what can they do what can they do about it well They've been at pains to say they're not going to use interest rates mm. to cap house prices, but of course they understand that it's at least the side effect of the low interest rate policy is that it um, yeah. supports house prices, right? I mean, they, they admit that freely freely themselves, but they don't see the, the cost of them acting to cap house prices with interest rate policy, with monetary policy, would be that that would slow the economy more generally as well, and they don't want to do that at this stage when inflation is as low as it is but in Australia. And but they are saying they're concerned about it. They're watching it. They're yeah. mon- is it? monitoring <laughs> carefully and, and that sort of thing. They're not concerned about... Oh, we, um, they weren't watching it before then. Oh, we just have to. We just, <laughs> no, they, just, have they always anyone, watch it. That's a, their job. <laughs> exactly. Has anyone looked at the house prices lately? Oh, good Lord, look. Uh, look, let's move on to the, uh, the nauseous bank very quickly. Uh, and, uh, yes. We don't normally talk about the nauseous bank, but they might actually beat the Kiwis uh, to be the, uh, first G- like the first G10 country to, uh, to lift rates since the pandemic. Uh, Indeed. So, I mean, it's... it's zero percent it's going to get maybe go up to a quarter percent but we'll find that quarter, out later yeah. find that out later today as well won't we we will we will so we thought the kiwis would be first off the rank but then we had that was it one number that started off the infection numbers in in new zealand what was it the day before the last rbnz meeting yeah but, um, no, that they must be hating the fact that they've been been to it anyway <laughs> that we'll uh, we'll leave it there for now uh it's a it's been a busy day uh and uh, we're out of time good to talk though dave we'll catch you next week chat, thank you chat soon phil good on you cheers and that's it for this morning i'm phil dobby back again tomorrow see you then <laughs>